Hello and welcome to Nerd vs. World episode 73, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Nerds. I've got the title then. I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And on today's episode, we'll do a quick trailer breakdown for some exciting new trailers that came out this week. Uh, Rogue One, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Logan. We'll be talking about that premiere for Walking Dead <laughs> Season 7. Um couple more of the final round of returning shows for the full season. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Uh, just a couple more shows that are kind of out there that aren't particularly high profile that I reckon people should be watching. Awesome. Um, Shall we just start with the Walking uh, yeah, Dead? Yeah, let's do it. So, spoiler warning, Walking yeah, yeah, Dead. Yeah. If you haven't yet seen episode one of the new season of Walking Dead, come back when you have. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you have seen it, you're in a safe place now. Don't worry about it. It's, it's all good. Um, and we were, we were right. right. <laughs> we were right. We were right all along. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were going to bottle it. After they'd done it. Yeah, because I, I thought they would have killed Glenn first. Yeah, yeah I thought they were going to kill Glenn first uh, and then make the point with Abraham. But when they killed Abraham first, I was like, ah, they bottled it. And then, yeah, later in the episode, Glenn... Glenn buys the farm in pretty much the exact same way that he buys it in the comic. It was it was really actually quite yeah. impressively close. Yeah. Down Di- to the popping out eyeball and everything. Popping out eye, the dialogue, everything. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bleak premiere. Uh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, it's one thing they've always done well though. They've always done the premiere episodes very very well. Whether it's the near enough silent episode they did a couple of seasons back. Yeah. With Carl and his father. Um, to this one, yeah, this one they handle well. It'll be interesting to see how they keep it going throughout the series. But Rick is very much a broken man now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know about anyway, but I, I thought he was going to chop off Rick's hand. Yeah, I thought he was going to um, catch that part up with the comics as well. Yeah, because obviously, for those of you who've read the comics, Rick at this point is pretty much missing a limb. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought they were going to go for that but then at the moment when they, they, they brought Carl down for it it was like ooh I actually thought they were going to do it as yeah. well so she was like make sure you cut it at a 45 degree angle so we have yeah. something to wrap around it yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly thought they were going to go for that then yeah. that would have been hideous one handed and one eyed Carl yeah but yeah uh, Negan is just such a cool villain there's just something about him he's just He's, he's menacing in a way that the governor wasn't. The governor was like almost far too try-hard by comparison. Yeah, I, I think the governor was it, that without the humour. Yeah. I think and I think it's the humour of Negan that makes him even more sinister. Yeah. I, th- I guess it's the, the time as well. And the governor was like a despot of a little village at the start of mm. everything I want. He was just stockpiling and using stockpiles to keep control and keep power, whereas Negan's had to do it the old fashioned way yeah and this is you know, years later and with a massive army behind yeah. him I still think that was one of the best things from last season was just the sense of scale of Negan's army that they managed to get into that last episode yeah and just you know the complete sinister we are everywhere feeling of it which yeah I thought that was done so well last season yeah so now we just need to see where it goes. I mean, Maggie, bless her, gone through every, gone through hell, but does seem like she's 
she's the next one to lead this group yeah yeah you know, I think so she's the first one to step up and go right no we're going to fuck this guy up mm. um, we'll see how her story plays out but, uh, well I think it'll be interesting because I think Rick does need to take that back seat now I think you know it, exactly as Negan says he's been king shit for too long yeah and now he's been very very much put in his place yeah, it was uh, it was difficult to watch. Yeah, it was it was bleak yeah. and it was it was tough to watch. Um, I I found it interesting that there were all the kind of quick shots of every member of the cast having their heads stoked yeah. in, and I kind of I, I was wondering whether that was just a, a kind of secrecy thing that they filmed everyone getting the well, shit they beaten they, they did them. film everyone I think. Um, well, they had to have done for yeah, just for those yeah. scenes. So. They, leg- they legitimately filmed everybody, um, probably just in case something leaked. I guess. Yeah, it, yeah, the, that's what I thought maybe, but uh, it must have been obvious with the, the scenes afterwards who it actually was yeah. that got <laughs> that got beaten up. But yeah, I thought it was very nice. It was nice that you got a lot of kind of the, the black and white flashback subliminals. Yeah. Which was kind of cool, but you kn- we knew it was Abe because things start to go right for him. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For the last episode, he finally found a bit of happiness. Yeah, like, indeed. <laughs> that's it. It's completely that, that's, fucked now. <laughs> that is it. Yeah. Like the second you put your guard down and find happiness in this world, you are fucked. Yeah, indeed. You know, Glenn had his happiness. Then you know he went away, and we all thought he was dead. And yeah. then they had the nice reuniting moment, and now look what's gone yeah. on. Well, there's a lot of questions about that. I mean, one principal question I saw today, I think it was on Rodding Stone, was do you think the whole dumpster gate incident lessened the impact of Glenn's death? Yes. Yeah. I think it would have been much better if they'd just kept him there all along and there was no foreshadowing of it. They just flat out killed him in that scene as it was supposed to happen. Yeah. I think it would have had even more impact if they played it out like they did now by killing Abe first and the audience would have been like, ooh, okay, they've gone for him instead of Glenn. Yeah. And then, and then kill Glenn as well. And I think that that would have been a wonderful bait and switch. Because the problem with doing it, the, the whole problem with the dumpster was that you got nerds like us who immediately came online for podcasts and blogs saying, "But that's not when he's meant to die." Mm. And people who hadn't seen the show immediately became aware of Negan before the showrunners made them aware of Negan. Yeah. And, and just purely because it, it didn't make sense, you know, as we've said on the show before, you know, walkers don't get bored and walk away if there's like thrashing meat underneath a, a, a dumpster no they just tuck in but yeah but no he's definitely gone yes bulging eyeballs and everything yeah. he is he is gone um, and so yeah I guess it's where where are we next for the crew they've got a week to get themselves sorted and find provide something. some stuff for Negan and we've still got uh, Carol and Morgan to catch up on because they weren't in this no episode. no indeed because are, are they back at Alexandria? No, I think they're off with this with um, Hilltop. Right. Is it Hilltop? No, maybe not Hilltop. Because we see Ezekiel and the lion in the trailers for this series. I think it's one of those. Right. That saved them because they're they're after guy on the horse, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, we'll find out where they are next week, I imagine. And then now, of course, Daryl's gone AWOL. Yeah. Well, he's gone off with Negan. Yeah. 
So it remains to be seen whether we'll see much from Daryl's perspective or whether he'll just be out of it for the majority of the season and then come back with a kind of a solo episode towards the the end. I guess you have to kind of look at uh, Norman Reedus's schedule and was he redoing stuff with the Boondocks? Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I can see it making sense that he's absent for a lot of the season and then he just turns up out of nowhere and then we get his backstory. Yeah. Interesting if he challenges... Rick, or if he's completely brainwashed and completely on Team Negan, hmm. let's see how it goes. Because uh, there's plenty of storyline left for them to be digging into now. Yeah, and I guess that that's the thing with Daryl is there is no comparative. Yeah. So he can he's literally do anything, do whatever he wants. Uh, yeah. But it was, it was a good, solid opening episode. Um, but bleak as fuck. Yeah. So yeah, if you watched it, congrats, you made it through. Well done. <laughs> now yeah. you've only got the rest of the season to go. Yeah, I don't think it's going to get any easier this season. No. I think it's going to be a tough watch all the way through. Which is good, because fiction should be challenging at times. It should be challenging, but then again, to pick up on something that, that we were talking about before the show, it shouldn't feel like a chore. Yeah. And I think some seasons, some series do, like the... Uh, oh, I forgot what it's called, The Leftovers with Christopher Eccleston I don't watch it yeah well you see I, I, we watched all of season one and that was alright it was just you know a, a certain percentage of the population went missing and then it's a couple of years later and it's how everybody's dealt with that but then the second season has taken a turn for the utterly bizarre and they've gone to this town where nobody went missing and then the main character turned up there and he was going to try and top himself by jumping into a lake and then he jumped into the lake and all the water disappeared and then it just got utterly odd. So they're in a town where you need wristbands to get into it like a festival. And and Christopher Eccleston's priest, I, I, I find him so tough to watch because he's just utterly unlikable. Yeah. And it, yeah, uh, we watched, I think it was the, the, about episode three or four the other day of, of season two. And it, 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 it it's honestly like running some kind of gauntlet and going... Bloody hell, we got through that. Right, okay, should we do another one? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that with Black Mirror at the moment. See, I never watched season one and two. Right. But I saw the evidence in season three on Netflix, so I started watching it. It's it's tough. Oh, it's dark. It's really tough going. <laughs> like, um, the first episode on this is called Nosedive, and... It's all about one woman's like the future of this woman lives in. Like everyone can rate everyone else. Like you are your social media profile, and people can rate you. And based on your rating, you get certain things. You are treated better depending on your on, on, right, okay. on your score. Yeah. Um, and it's all about she's she's a four point two out of five, and she needs to get to a four point five so she can get a discount for. Prime influencer discount. Um, okay, so that's kind of like the um, oh, what's it called? There's there's a social yeah, there's clout clout. clout that's the one. Yes, which is the real world thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she she's trying to get her social score up so she can qualify for this discount on this apartment, uh, and so it's all about her trying to make her way to an old friend's wedding where she's going to be the maid of honor. And her friends are 4.8, so she knows that if she can do, if she can nail the maid of honor speech in front of 
hundreds and hundreds of 4.8 to 5s, her score's going to get a significant boost. And then it all goes fucking tits up. And she crashes. And, like, everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong. Like, the minorest of interactions. The minorest of interactions? That doesn't even sound like a word. The most, <laughs> like, it isn't. The minorest? <laughs> the most minor of interactions, like, with people can cause them to just write you down. Um, just out of spite. Or, you know, people who are lower on the scale don't really value... Put the same value on your interactions as you do when you're desperate mm. to try and climb. And I'm, like, I'm watching it and I'm just cringing because I'm thinking, I've done what she's done. I've posted a picture on Instagram and waited for that first like. <laughs> and I watched it and I fucking cringed and hated myself watching it. And it was tough to watch because when things start going wrong for her, it's brutal how it goes wrong. So I watched that and I was like, oh, thank God, that's out of the way. Or I'll watch one more. <laughs> The next one is called uh, Playtest, and it's about an American backpacker who runs out of money and he answers a job to playtest this new computer game, and that should have been enough. I should have known at that point that things weren't going to be particularly nice. And then it's a, it's a horror game that he's testing. He's testing this... this, this, this uh, like a survival horror yeah, game. Yeah, but it's AR, so he's implanted with a chip, and it's all in his head, and the episode plays out, and it's horrific. I am not a fan of horror. <laughs> I, I am a, <laughs> a fucking pussy. Like, uh, Event Horizon ruined horrors for me. Oh dear. I, that, that, that was particularly fierce in all honesty. I have not been able to watch a horror since, really. Um, I tried watching it again recently, and I paused after 10 minutes and put on every single light in the house. It's the, it's the subliminals yeah. in it. it. It's all the subliminal things that happen in Event Horizon that make it really bad. So I watched this horror episode of... Uh, Black Mirror and oh god I damn near shit myself <laughs> it was terrifying binge watch the shit out of My Little Pony Friendship's magic <laughs> after that just get you back yeah. on a level I was kind of watching it in the afternoon I was glad that I was being a worthless bun <laughs> lying in bed on a Sunday afternoon with nothing to do but watch TV if it had been a late night viewing I wouldn't have slept <laughs> really wouldn't have slept um, trigger warning arachnophobes don't watch it I'm not arachnophobic, so I wasn't too bothered. Yeah. But if you're an arachnophobe, don't watch, don't watch a playtest. Okay. But yeah, that was bleak as fuck. And like, <laughs> episode three was waiting for me. I was like, no, 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 no. I need to speak to a living person. <laughs> Go outside I'm, and I'm, interact with people. I'm not sure what's real now. Make sure the universe things. still exists. Yeah. <laughs> Can people still see me? <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's worth the watch. I mean, like if you're into some really twisted, out of limits style sci-fi. It's Charlie Brooker, everything he's do done, I've, I've really, really enjoyed. Uh, did you watch Dead Set? No, that's right. the, uh, the Big Brother, Big zombie, Brother zombie one. Yeah, that that was fabulous. Yeah, I never watched that. Absolutely but. fabulous. But really, it's, it's just show. mental how how close to an actual reality this satire. Is meant to be. Mm. Uh, that's what I love about Charlie Brooker. He just has that that sense of really putting a finger on what's wrong with our society and reflecting it back at us, which is what Black Mirror is all about. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's on Netflix. Give it a shot. Yeah. Um, another one that you should give a try to if you haven't is Neil Gaiman's Likely Stories, which is a series of kind of just ten minute shorts 
their ideas from from Neil Gaiman. Uh, I'm not sure what network it was on. I just found it when I was just browsing around somewhere and went, ooh, what's that then? Because hmm. I'd watched the the ten minute tales that were on Sky a couple of years ago, and he did Statuesque with Amanda Palmer. Uh, it's essentially more more of the same of those, but just some very very odd ideas. Uh, that the the first one is about a, a, a guy who uh, eventually decides that his penis isn't his own and <laughs> it's taking over his body. Wow. <laughs> so well, wow, has a way of doing that. That, <laughs> that just it pretty much puts a level on what <laughs> on the series from there, and and they're really quite interesting. It's, yeah. It's just the way Neil Gaiman has of taking a very interesting idea and then just going sideways with it. Yeah, I believe there's a new... On, on the subject of Neil Gaiman, I believe there's a new Neverwhere um, radio track. There is, yeah. It's uh, How the Mackie Got His Coat Back, yeah. which I have as a novella. It's, a, it's a, a novella that he released a few years ago. Yeah, So that's Radio 4, I think, coming soon. Yes, and it's back to some of the original Neverwhere cast, so Patterson Joseph's back as oh, the Mackie again. Marquee. Rather than uh, David uh, Howard. David Howard, yeah. yes. He did the the Neverwhere series on radio Never. last year. Yeah. Cool. So it's a weird conglomerate of the two casts by the look of it. So quite interesting. Um, yes. Uh, okay. Other, uh, okay, so we, we've done a lot, a lot of the dark and disturbings. So let's go for the light and fluffies and the DC TV universe, uh, which is all back now. It's all back, but I do not watch uh, Legends of Tomorrow or Flash. I just Supergirl? think with Arrow. No, I don't watch Supergirl either, which is odd because I watched the pilot of that when it was leaked before Comic-Con last year, and I really enjoyed it. Mm. And I defended it strongly against critics of it at the time, but just never got round to actually watching the series. Season one wasn't great. Uh, and they've taken the interesting twist of season two and brought Superman in, and he's now a main character in the show. Oh. So it's Superman and Supergirl teaming up and, and fighting crime. Uh, so he's no longer just being referred to as my cousin. Oh. He's now being referred to as Superman, and he's been brought in as part of the universe. Uh, and then DC uh, Legends of Tomorrow is back. Thankfully, they've got rid of the irritating hawk people who I hated throughout the entire of season one <laughs> uh, and they have a new kind of plot line going on uh, where basically they're, they're now taking on the job from the Time Masters who got uh, who had nasty things happen to them last season um, but what was interesting was last episode they brought in the Justice Society of America the whole Ooh. lot they just dropped them in <laughs> it was like wow alright so it's yeah, I I really enjoy it. I think it's a great show. I think Dominic Purcell still just makes the show utterly okay. Well worth watching. I think. Where would you suggest to start? Just skip the first season uh, of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I'd say watch a couple at the start just to get an idea of what the premise is, and then watch the season finale. Okay. Because the I. You, you, you won't get the build-up of some of the great characters. So, um, the, the, it's the two guys from Prison Break, yeah. as, as Mr. Cold and... Uh, oh, I can't remember the names of them. <laughs> Those characters just make the show. Just the two of them with White Canary are just a, a brilliant trio, and every time they go off to do something, it's utterly hilarious. 
Okay, well, I'll watch the first two episodes then, and then the finale, and then just jump into season two. Yeah. Okay. But it, uh, I guess now it's all forming part of a, a bigger universe, and they are all crossing over a lot now. So you kind of have to watch them in order, and I believe the order is Flash, Arrow, DC, Supergirl. Because they're all out in the same week. Yeah, well, that makes sense, because Flash is out on the Tuesday. Yeah. Or is it on the, on, the, on the Wednesday? Yeah, then Legends of Tomorrow, then Supergirl. Supergirl hasn't quite crossed over as much with the others yet. It's only crossed over with Flash. So I assume there will be some point where it will start crossing over with Arrow. And, and yeah, DC has Legends of Tomorrow, now has the bad guy from season one of Flash in There is the Bad Guy. He was the background season one of Flash. Evald Thorne. Okay, yeah, no, it's one that I missed. Yeah, so he he's now working with some of the other baddies in DC because he can time travel. Okay. Isn't that also because of the Flashpoint thing? Uh, also because of the Flashpoint, it's because of that that he ends up being released. Right. Yeah. And that's how he ends up in Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. So there's a lot of interrelation between all the shows now. And I think you need to kind of keep on top of them, otherwise big universe events I think you might miss. Oh, no. That sucks. I have to watch Flash. Yep. <clears throat> and Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound convinced. Let's find the time to watch more TV. <laughs> <laughs> really crowbar in another three episodes <coughs> a week? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so all of those are back, and I'm I'm really enjoying them. Okay, I'm enjoying Arrow. So, yeah. yeah, you see, uh, Arrow, I'm not so much, and I think even Flash has gone downhill a little bit for me because it just seems like everybody in their dog is now turning up and fighting crime in Central City. Yeah. Um. So is it Star City or Central City? Star City. Star City in Arrow. Fair, um, For Arrow, yeah. yeah, and then Central City for Flash, yeah. and and everybody in Flash now seems to have the Speed Force. Everyone, <laughs> it's just like, who are you? Around it? Oh, you've got the Speed Force, have you? All oh, right, okay. You you've been in the series since, the, and you've got the Speed Force now, have you? And you had it, but you lost it last episode, and you've got it in an alternate yet. No, <laughs> no, no. It's called <laughs> the Flash, not Army of Flash. <laughs> so yeah, that's I I have problems. With the show on those on those grounds, yeah, I have I'm gonna have problems with Arrow. I think in terms of uh, the timeline, because he was on the island for five years, right? They've got to be fucking running out of flashbacks by now. Yeah, actually, that makes sense. So he's on the Arrow for five years. Yes, this is the fifth year. Yes, he does mention this episode that his father died ten years ago. So, yeah. It's got to be getting to the point, isn't it? So they've got to get through all this Bratvar stuff. Yeah. And then he's got to get back to the island and then we can stop having fucking flashbacks. Because <laughs> five seasons in, I mean, even Lost gave up by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lost started flashing forwards and flashing sideways. Yeah. I think we're used to flashbacks on TV. I think the way that it happens in Lost and what happens in Arrow, we're used to it. Which is why I think we're missing it in Westworld. Ah, so yes, you're you're still on with the theory of it's all happening thirty years apart. 
I think it's both. <clears throat> okay, because I watched the last episode from that standpoint, and it didn't seem to make sense because she was sent off with some stuff and she found the gun and so forth, and that's all happening in the now. Mm. And the white hat is around in the now. Or is he? He seems to be. Because it's all part of this new storyline. But when the White Hat arrives at the park in the second episode and is shown into the waiting room and given all his options and stuff, the Westworld logo is different to the Westworld logo in the now. Yes, I, I, I see potentially where you are with that one, but the rest of it doesn't seem to stack up. The, the theory is that the White Hat yeah, no, I know. is yeah, the yeah. man in black. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't think it can be. Okay. Because that's why I watched that. Was it episode three? I watched with a critical thinking of that in mind, and it didn't seem to stack up for me because of the sequence of events. Right. Right. It's one to go back and watch again. I think I've not watched this week's yet, so I can't. I I, I I got seven minutes into this week's episode, and the piano, uh, in the bar was really early in the episode. And like I know that I know the fucking song that it's playing. I, I didn't get last week's. Last week's was the Petering Rag by Scott Joplin. It was just simply an old time ragtime song. Okay, well there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I didn't recognise it, so I recognise the start because it sounded a little bit like the Entertainer. Mm. Um, but then it, it misses a couple of notes that the Entertainer plays in. So yeah, I just looked at some Scott Joplin, and it's just the Petering Rag. Um, but this one is driving me fucking nuts. So I couldn't actually finish the episode. So I kept rewinding it and just going for it again and again and again. Just you know, it's not like me to get obsessed about tiny details or anything. Really? But <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. So I just gave up and started watching the show. But I think that's the clue. I think if it's a contemporary, if it's a modern song done in a piano style, I think that's that's indicated that it's the episode is prim- prim- predominantly. That's the word. Uh, set in the now whereas if it's an old times song that is less anachronistic then it's set in the past Okay. so I think uh, episode 3 was mostly set in the past right Okay. Um, would be my interpretation of that as a clue we shall have to see there are many threads so many, it's difficult to pick up on now um, but it is Abrams and Abrams likes chucking theology in there as well yes yeah, don't we know that. it lost fans? Yeah, he did that a lot with Lost. <laughs> so there's a lot of um a lot of theology and philosophy thrown into it. Hopefully it's leading somewhere, unlike Lost, which ultimately went nowhere. Or Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> I like that ending. Uh, <laughs> that was a little side but you were in the minority. <laughs> I can guarantee you. I like ending. Of, I, I like ending of loss as well. well I in, did, in, I, in a, a weird, in a weird I way. Just, yeah, I just didn't appreciate the the, the Christianity overtones of BSG's yeah. ending, and I thought that Lost needed something more substantial as an ending. I I watched it and I went to bed and then I dreamt about the ending and in my dream it was completely explained to me and I woke up. Forgetting my dream, going out. Oh, that was an excellent ending but, but to last. With, with a sense of understanding of, of the ending, and just left it at that. It's like, yeah, dream yeah. me was convinced. So the rest of us did. <laughs> the rest of us walked away going, yeah, you could have done more with that. Yeah, or going, yeah, we called that after season one. But mm. 
Because there was, yeah, uh, the, I've, I've still not watched the, the one that happened afterwards, which was the new, the new Man in Charge, which was a short that was made after the series finished. Oh, which I is, Yeah, which is about Linus and... Uh, is it Eugene? Who? Uh, I forgot his name. Hurley. Good fat guy. Yeah. So it's Hurley and, and Linus... In charge of the the, the island. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, that was that was another show with the whole black and white. It was indeed. Yeah, from the outside. Yeah. Got a black hat and white hat and wear swords. Oh god, everyone's just like tells the exact same story but in different sort of skins. So at some point we'll have a squidgy red MacGuffin. Yeah. Well, that's the maze, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We've like some we, we get a, somewhere. We get a little bit more about the maze in episode four. Hmm. Okay. Um, the maze is mentioned to Dolores during one of her debriefs with that dodgy, dodgy doctor. All oh, right. Yeah. Who yeah. is very obviously covering something up. Yes. Uh, if you find the center of the maze, you can be free. And she's like, "I think I would like to be free." And then she comes back into the world. Yeah, I think that was that was one of my things that I thought that the timing was out with the white hat and black hat because Tandy Newton's character was remembering being there and being cut open and that was happening in the now mm. as far as I could tell and at that point the white hat was in there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she would have been taken... So, she, yeah. So she so was taken to modern park operations. Yeah. So this is why I thought bits of it seemed to unravel slightly when I looked at it through those lenses. That's fair. But we'll see. I mean, you know, it, there may be an explanation for it all. I'm sure there will be. But whether they actually tell us or not, I don't know. They'll just finish the series smugly and go, ah, see, we answered everything. And the audience will go, no, don't, 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 don't get it. Hmm. Anywho, Anyhow, yeah. uh, other returning shows, everything's back now. So Supernatural's back. Supernatural's back. back. And just like Lucifer, there's another characters and mummy issues. Everybody's mum's turning up. We, we had this discussion because we sat and watched it with, with Megan. And we're just like, is it just me or is, or is everybody's mum just turning up in a show now? <laughs> so yeah, Sam and Dean have their mum back. And she's pretty kick-ass. Yeah, well she's a hunter. Yeah, and then we have the British men of letters. British men of letters, and damn, are they harsh? They're brutal. <laughs> it's like you know, her, her, her job, as far as I can tell, is to go there and make initial contact with the American hunters, and her initial contact involves shooting Sam, stabbing, torturing, then getting Dean, stabbing, torturing beating the shit out of all of them casting spells on their mum and it's just all it's yeah. all just like whoa she does get pulled back she gets reined back in by this Mick guy and then there's this uh, Mr. There's Fetch the promise of Mr. Ketch Mr. Ketch yeah who is somebody who's going to be on his way who doesn't look like a particularly nice individual no I believe the only the, the only words that were uttered at that point was oh god please let it not be Vinnie Jones <laughs> yeah I think were the, the main words uttered in our household. I think Hollywood's forgotten about him. No, God no, because he was in all sorts recently. He was, was it? in uh, the first episode of... Uh, what was it? So I've forgotten about him. He was, he was in episode. He was in the pilot episode of something recently. And I can't remember what the hell it was now. Yeah, I can't remember important then. No, it really was, and I can't remember what now. <laughs> God, that's going to bug me now. Um... 
but yeah, so other other stuff that's come back. Are we missing anything else? Elementary's back. Ah, yeah. Now I, I've not watched this yet. So, so how how is this season shaping up? It's shaping up pretty well. Um, Joan has a a side business now. Uh, she's helping. She's helping an old patient of hers who has just come out of prison, um, and he has a drug issue. So. He's, he's an informant and she's now becoming a sober companion to him as part of an additional step to keep challenging herself and feeling useful because Sherlock noted that they were approaching uh, what seemed to be a pattern of a time frame mm-hmm. when she moves on from or well, gets itchy feet and moves on from one thing to the next so he suggested that uh, so far I'm not really getting any idea of an overall plot although this inmate, or former inmate, former patient, does seem to be important. Okay. For something. Because w- weren't they starting to bring the Moriarty angle back in again towards the back end of last season? Yeah, nothing like that's kind of yeah. they were they, they were referencing her a couple of times towards the end of the last season. So far, nothing. Okay. Uh, so the thing that Vinnie Jones was back in was MacGyver. Oh well, he was yeah. In the pilot of MacGyver. Well, I never watched that, so. Uh, but he's also due to be in the new Kingsman film. Uh, yeah. So it appears that they haven't quite forgotten about him yet. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, that's I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I've got to find out who who's playing Mr. Ketch in Supernatural because I'd be interested to see. Yeah, it looks like this uh, typical hitman type of character there. But what did you think of the uh, the Rick Springfield angle in Supernatural? The what, what? Rick Springfield is the guy who's playing Vincent who is now Lucifer. The musician. Oh, the, like the devil literally inhabiting uh, a rock star? Yes. Played by Rick Springfield who is a rock star. Um, I didn't spot him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's who he is. Uh I can't remember what his big song was. I remember telling Megan the other day what his, his big song was. I had no idea he was a legit rock star. Yeah, 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 he is. I know, it seems like Lucifer's been jumping around from body to body. But hmm, I want to know how he survived the spell. Indeed. Because it's not just him in that body, by the look of it. Because his dead girlfriend appears to him yeah. and says, all you have to do is let me in. So I don't know whether that was the devil in the first place. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Excuse me. Because uh, Lucifer hasn't had that kind of power. No, not. No. Uh, Jesse's girl was what Rick Springfield did. Huh. No, I never. His big hit. Yeah, completely, completely missed that one. Right by me. But yes, he manages to survive the spell. That'll be intriguing, but I, I, it was interesting. I'm kind of bored of Rowena, if I'm well, honest. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm bored. Of, I, I was expecting them to actually get somewhere against Lucifer in yeah. this episode, but then they just failed again. Yeah. And then Crowley legged it again, yeah. and his mum got stuck with Lucifer again, and it's just going on and on and on. She's a great character, but she is too predictably 
treacherous. Backstabbing. Yeah. yeah. It's too predictable. She needs to do something shocking. She started to redeem herself a little bit in the showdown at the end of the last season, but not enough to genuinely be forgiven or trusted. Yeah. And how Abel can keep trusting her is just beyond me. Um, so, yeah. But I think the, the big fun in this is going to be Sam and Dean and their mum. Yeah. But I think we can safely say it's unlikely that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's going to be turning up any time soon. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he's kind of busy. <laughs> I did notice they crowbarred in some black and white grainy images of him this, this episode of, uh, the, of, of Sam and Dean's mum sat looking at photos of, of a young Photoshop Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> oh, I think he was in this show once. Now he's off beating the shit out of people with a baseball no. bat. Uh, it'll always be John. Yeah. Well, I think that was the first thing I saw him in, I think. Yes. And then he went on to do Watchmen. Yeah, he was a comedian in Watchmen. Because yeah. I remember going, oh, wow, the dad from Supernatural's doing that. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Cool. I think that's, that's it in terms of returning TV shows. I think it probably is, yeah. So you had a couple which aren't high priority. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've just done the shout out for the Neil Gaiman one, uh, but the other one is Quarry, okay, which is the nineteen seventies set one about uh, a marine who comes back from Vietnam and and has trouble fitting in, and eventually ends up getting becoming part of a contract kill squad. So what happens is a guy turns up and says, "Here's a load of money, and you you can work it off." By doing jobs for me whenever I come and do them, whenever I come and tell you to, mm. and it's 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 really quite gritty, quite dark, and it's one of those kind of complex character shows where there's a lot going on and it's very visceral. But it's it's well worth a watch because it and it's set very bleakly in the 70s it's that kind of stark 70s angle so visually it's reminiscent of uh, of True Detective okay, and that kind of thing but uh, it's a very very yeah it's an interesting show it's, it's a kind of social commentary piece again about kind of returning people from Vietnam having problems fitting back into normal society again uh, but it's, 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 it's one of those shows where you get to the end of the episode and you go Oh God, no! That's not going. Oh, it is going to happen. <laughs> it's one of the, it's one of those shows, and then you go, oh, that's yeah, that's nasty, and then yeah. Okay, fair enough. Right, there, there was a part of uh, playtest Black Mirror where I think my housemate actually hear me going, shit, 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 fuck, 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 no, shit. <laughs> She's like, oh, you watch like Black Mirror? Don't don't watch it, man. Don't watch it. It's fucked up. Ah, excellent. I'm gonna have to watch those now. (laughs) In between my still still watching Twenty Four, I'm nearly at the end of season six now. (laughs) No more. No more Kim Bauer. No, 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 no. no. Since since well, yeah, I think season three she turned up. That's the last time she's been referenced by name a couple of times. Okay. Now, now all the harsh subplots have been happening to Audrey Reigns instead, so she, she's taken over the mantle of, of uh, unfortunate subplots. But no, nothing anywhere near the scope of Kim Bauer in season two. Now, my rewatch at the moment is The West Wing. I think with all the presidential debate shit that's going on in the States, mm. I've just dug out the one president that I would vote for. 
<laughs> Josiah Bartlett. <laughs> just, just the best show ever. Uh, I see for me. Wayne Palmer. Wayne Palmer for president. Uh, okay. Um, trailers. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. So it, it has been a week it for has a lot been of big great trailer drops. So, uh, Rogue One, first of all. Yeah, go straight for the one that I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. My God, that looks good. Doesn't adjust. <laughs> the thing is, they still haven't shown in any of these recent trailers some of the footage they showed at uh, Celebration. Right, okay. There's still some stuff that so hasn't So you've still got a head start on the rest of us. Yeah, yeah which I think is kind of cool. Mm. But um, Vader. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Vader. It just looks incredible. Um, thanks to Facebook Memories, I know that this time last year I was waiting up until 3am for the final Force Awakens trailer. Mm. And um, Rogue One didn't make me cry in the same way <laughs> well, the Final Force Awakens trailer it is. wasn't going to because you know, it doesn't have anything that iconic well, it kind of does like that that image of the Death Star there's the uh, image in the, in the marketplace on Jeddah where in the sky you see the Star Destroyer hovering over mm. it that's pretty iconic um, and then Vader walking towards uh, Quinnick or whatever his name the is Matt Mickelson yeah that's that's pretty. It it looks amazing. I, I I can't wait for it. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be incredible. So yeah, we get a little more plot detail. Uh, Genoso's father is responsible Apparently for designing one of the lead engineers, yeah, and building the Death Star. Um, probably not willingly. No, no, probably not. From the look of from the look of yeah. what he says to her at the start, you know, well, I do, I did keep you safe. Mm. So. I don't think there's going to be any family issues there, but yeah, it certainly seems to be why she's come to the Empire's attention. Mm, and there's definitely some, some at least four sensitive people. Oh yeah, yeah. Kicking uh, around. Well, the, there are. Jeddah, the, the desert planet, is um, like, like a mecca for Jedi and four sensitive. So uh, Donnie Yen, his character is four sensitive. Right. Yeah. But yes, that, that that looks amazing. Cannot wait. Yeah, it looks incredible. Um, and then there was the teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy Two, mm, which looks fun. The little little Groot in the his little, little jacket. Groot. I think it looks so cool. Oh, it looks so good. Uh, uh, the trailer's going to be dropping soon. I mean, James Gunn said that's just the tease. The trailer will be coming soon, which will give more more details away. Um, the things we get from this so far, I think, are that. The pilot was split, so it looks like uh, Drax, Gamora, and Star Lord are working as a trio, and then Rocket is off with Yondu and Baby Groot. And Baby Groot. Um, I imagine they're the ones who rescue Nebula. Mm. It seems like that. Uh, it looks like we'd see Ego, or at least the giant planet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just doesn't give too much away. Nope, but it looks like it has more of the fun. same tone. Yeah, it looks fun, which is what the first one was. And then the final big trailer release was Logan. Yes. And it looks like a Wolverine film that I want to watch. I, I, I know, right? I never thought I would utter, utter those words, but that's what I said after watching the trailer is, oh my God, it looks like they might do a good Wolverine film. Yeah, uh, I, the vibe I'm getting. I think the music of the trailer helps. Well, uh, 
yeah it's, it's got me utterly Johnny Cash yeah. being hurt <laughs> that does help but I am getting sort of a road trip old school buddy cop movie type of vibe with, with, with Charles Xavier yeah and he's obviously stepping into the uh, void that Hawkeye would have filled yeah. in the comic um, uh, Wolverine even says that all the mutants have gone yes so I know that a friend of mine's posted on the on the trailer on there on the Nervous as World page that he imagines some kind of virus rather than Wolverine actually killing them um, mm. which is the comic way and yeah that looks like an introduction for X-23 as well yeah which is going to be I want to see how it ties in now with Age of Apocalypse because Wolverine's cameo in Age of Apocalypse um, the Nathaniel Essex uh, Mr. Sinister tease from the end of Age of Apocalypse how that's going to tie into Logan is going to be interesting because we're looking at a Logan who clearly hasn't used his claws in a while mm, and, um, and has regenerative, scars yeah his regenerative, regenerative ability is failing yeah um, no doubt as a side effect of whatever's been taking out the mutants yeah there look some interesting set pieces which yeah. is like a kind of broken down cerebro that he appears to be living in and it looks like he's buried Xavier as well yeah um yeah. So it does that. That does look really good. Although it, it is tough because every time I hear that that version of Hurt now, it always reminds me of the sad Kermit music video. <laughs> Have you seen the sad Kermit music video? Watch it at some point after this. It's deeply, deeply disturbing. It, it's that music playing and then Kermit in the background, basically you know shooting crack and masturbating over a photo of Miss Piggy, and it's just, it's so wrong. Oh. <laughs> Right. It's so so wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that image. <laughs> Sorry, you've got to watch the video. It's brilliant. Uh, so yes, that that's it really for trailers. And then I guess that the next big thing is is uh, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah. So obviously, at home recording this, it's not out yet, but. By the time this is released, it will have been out. And um, hopefully we'll see it. I think we might be seeing it on Saturday night at MCM. I'm seeing it. I think. I'm seeing it tomorrow. So I'm seeing it on Tuesday. Well, I have to wait for Megan to get back from Germany. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about it. Like, Nothing in the trailers yet has really grabbed me. Mm. There's a lot of spectacle and it looks really interesting. And I want to see how the Inception-style city folding works into into the film. But it's not like the other films where the trailer has grabbed me and I want to watch it. Well, two words for me that mean it's going to be excellent. Tilda Swinton. Yeah, well, yeah, she's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I just had to wait and see. Like, everyone thought that everyone's been thinking for a while Marvel have got to drop the ball at some point and yet they have consistently failed to drop the ball mm. um, people thought that Guardians of the Galaxy was a risk like a film where a raccoon and a tree were principal characters and yet that film is my favourite of all the MCU films yeah. um, and then Ant-Man was a risk in some people's eyes but became one of the best heist movies yeah. going <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like for me this is the one with the most potential to slip up I think perhaps because I'm not completely familiar with the source material and because I'm not sold by the trailer um, 
but I, I will watch I, it anyway. I think it's interesting and, and I'll be very well I, I am very interested to see how they tie in the, the whole magic aspect to the universe because it's something that they've not yet broached yeah um, and it will be wrapping up the Infinity Stones as well mm. so yeah it's going to be it's going to be I mean Marvel's record is pretty solid so it's going to be a solid film oh yeah well it, it's um, going to rake in the money regardless of what yeah. happens you know mm. the brandy book come a snatch so everyone's going to go and see it that's true <laughs> uh, yeah but I'll have my review up as soon as I've gone and seen it no that's cool and then I'll watch it after I've read your review maybe we'll see because <laughs> <laughs> if it's bad then I won't bother you know that yeah maybe we can disagree about it on the show oh I doubt it I think it's going to be good I'm looking forward to it uh, cool right if you're around MCM this weekend uh, yeah I, w- I will be around all weekend uh, doing all sorts of cool funky and interesting things yes so check the Twitter from Nervous World on Wonky Spanner yep absolutely and find out where we are I will be at BristolCon covering a book launch. So if you're around Bristol and BristolCon on Saturday, um, come say hi. Uh, all the other thing for me is, is I've got to give a shout out to uh, the people who have, have made my very cool gun that I will be premiering at a, at a LARP in a couple of weeks' time. Nice. They're called Cockit and Pew. <laughs> and I'll, I'll put a link to their stuff in the show notes because it's fantastic and you'll love it because it's essentially a replica of Mal's gun with, with a drop leg based on, on Mal's so that's, that's why I got it done I sent the guy a picture of Mal's like, and he, he's done it utterly perfect so awesome. I have that for uh, for a laugh in a couple which of weeks which laugh is it? Uh, it's one up in Cumbria called Into the Dark oh. it's, uh, it's actually a campaign that I wrote and came up with over 20 years ago now Jesus and then when I moved away I let other people run with the uh, the idea and, and it's still running now 20 years later so I'm going back to crew for the weekend amazing <laughs> that's awesome I was going to last I'm, I'm playing a lap uh, once a month which I stopped playing about 10 years ago and it's just been Re, reignited and come up again for a year in yeah actually last month was the anniversary mm. of its return it's a vampire in public game yeah cool it's not as cool as it used to be because times have changed it used to be that like you could literally go out into public and play the game mm. and if, if you were stopped and people were asking what you were doing then you'd broken the myth yeah you know it was, it was like That's that you've broken the masquerade yeah. now so you you were fucked. Yeah. And if you needed to feed, you'd go up and speak to someone, ask them for the time. Yeah. And if you keep the conversation going, the longer you go, the more blood you got out of them. Right. So it's a really interesting mechanic. But unfortunately, the world we live in at the moment means that you can't walk around town centres with with swords and light weapons and stuff. Sadly not. Sadly. So it's become a really political game, which is great. Apart from unless you're playing one of the uh, the Gwetha Freya, who are just the the thuggish mm. martial clan of vampires. They get very little to do in a politics game. So is why I've created a new character. Uh, I've just realised the whole thing about the LARP was supposed to be a secret and here's me blabbing it on a podcast. Oh shit. <laughs> we hadn't told anybody that I was coming, so it's fine. Ah, they don't listen to They this. don't listen to the stuff <laughs> I do. <laughs> cool. Right, I think that's all for this week. I believe so, sir, yes. Cool. Well, thank you all for listening. 
I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. Woohoo! No, no mistakes. You did it right, Dave! <laughs>